When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by the Daily Record's Andy Newport and Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer Scott McDermott. We're here to look back over the transfer window which closed on Tuesday night. All deals done. Todd Cantwell and Nicholas Raskin in. Uh, That was followed 24 hours later by the best performance of Michael Beale's time in Charles so far, a 3-0 win over Hearts at Tynecastle. Hello to you both, how are you? Good, Gav. Very well, Gav. Thanks for having us. Good. Well, we joked, Andy, uh, when we were talking last week uh, about Morgan Whitaker. I said this is one that could go to the very end. You're going to be sitting there at a minute to midnight. Uh, it never turned out that way. It was all very relaxed in the end. I suppose you would be fairly happy with that, that you could just uh, go to your bed and not have to worry too much. But from the Rangers fans' point of view, what do you think? Todd Cantwell in, Raskin in, happy, or would they have wanted more? I think they would always have wanted um, a few extra bodies in. Um, you, know, you know, fans are like, the more the merrier. Um, I, th- I think what will please them, though, is that the quality of the two guys uh, have come in. Obviously, we've only seen wee glimpses of Cantwell so far, but he looks like somebody who will certainly strengthen this team. Uh, an improvement in what has is, is been in the building before. Um, and then obviously from what we've we've heard of Raskin, um, he seems to be along similar lines. Obviously, we, we still need to wait and see what he's going to offer. But, um, you know, I think Rangers have been guilty of too much in the past. They're just buying guys that haven't really been able to come in and dislodge uh, the sort of old stalwarts that have been there for for numerous years, so it looks like bit by bit this is a team that's starting to evolve. Yeah, obviously, you know, Michael Beale, as I say, the fans would have preferred to have maybe a, a couple more bodies, maybe another another striker, another uh, centre-back, um, sorry, another goalkeeper, um, but the fact that you've got two guys coming in in positions that were pretty, uh, you know, we're needing addressed will we'll be a positive. And then you look, there's still guys to come back. You know, Hadji's slowly but surely uh, getting back to fitness. You've got um, Yilmaz to come in at left back. You've got Tom Lawrence, uh, who I'm sure uh, Michael Beale will hopefully have seen him at some point before the end of the season. So there's, from the position that Michael Beale sort of inherited, you know, two months ago when Rangers really down to the bare bones, he's now got options, uh, plenty of them. And, I think you saw the benefit of that at Tynecastle on Wednesday night. All of a sudden, that wee threat of competition and all of a sudden performances went up two or three uh, notches. Um, fully agree with you. It was the it's the best display, uh, I would say, probably of the season so far, but certainly the best display under Michael Beale. Um, it's been a flawless start for uh, the Londoner since he came in, but you haven't really seen that performance that's you know, had that wee bit of swagger about it, that wee bit of verve. Um, 
and they they had that in abundance at Tynecastle. It was a, a, a display that Rangers dominated from from start to finish. Uh, that's what that was. I mean, so much of the talk, Scott, even when we've been on here, has been, I mean, great in terms of results under uh, Michael Beale Rangers. Uh, couldn't ask for much more, obviously, just that the draw against Celtic uh, when they got that late equaliser. Apart from that, couldn't argue too much with results, but it all came together. That was the night it all came together, wasn't it? Yeah, did. I think the big difference, Gav, for me was the intensity they played at the tempo. Um, there was an urgency from Rangers right for the first whistle, and I don't think uh, you could have said that many times this this season. In fact, they've actually become renowned for being the opposite, being slow starters in games, but you know, right for the off, um, played in the front foot, as I say, you know, snapping into tackles, winning the ball back high up the pitch. Um, that, I think, was led by Lundstrom and Kamara, I must say, in the middle of the park. Um, and as much as it was brilliant to see you on Wednesday night, you, know, you do have to question you know, where where was that urgency and intensity at the start of the season, you knowing they were dropping points that have effectively put them at a title race. I mean, that was a one, for me anyway, that was a one big criticism in a lot of the games where they struggled was just that lack of intensity, uh, lack of urgency, particularly at the, the start of games. I mean, listen, I think without taking anything away for Rangers at all, um, Hearts on the night, were poor and I mean when I seen the, the Hearts team lines, I don't know if Andy feels the same, but I just couldn't believe the starting lineup Hearts went with. I mean, I was looking at the team sheet, I had to look two or three times just to work out who was going to play in midfield. And it kind of panned out the way I expected it to. As I say, Lundstrom and Kamara still had to had to do the job and they were excellent on the night. Um but as I say, I think Hearts were I think Hearts were pretty poor as well. Yeah, I agree with you, Scott. I mean, I looked at the midfield. You, you've got Snodgrass there, who's been, you know, terrific for Hearts since he, he came in. But Rangers just smothered them. You know, you, you had that. Uh, obviously, Rangers sort of playing with a box midfield. You had sort of Kent and Tillman. Just every chance, every time Snodgrass got in the ball, he just had those two right in front of him the whole time. And then, you yeah. know, Barry McKay. You know, he's, he's been great for for Hearts since he went there, but I'm not sure he's he's best sort of playing as a number eight box to box midfielder. Yeah. Uh, the boy uh, Kuehl, um I think that's how you pronounce it from from Newcastle. Uh, lightning quick, but lightweight, and he really just couldn't. You know, Rangers were so powerful in the centre of the park with Lundstrom and Kamara there, and he, he just couldn't you know get any spare change off of them. So uh, it was a bizarre sort of lineup for Robbie Nielsen. They've had so much success this season. You just wondered why, obviously, I think they've had a few injury troubles in the right-back yeah. position. They had to obviously move a centre-back out there on James Hill, but uh, you just wondered why they sort of went away from the sort of tried-and-tested sort of uh, game plan that's, that's brought them so much joy this season. But uh, Rangers really were ruthless in the way that they exploited it. And, you know, 3-0 and, you know, a couple of marginal offside calls, uh, it could have been a, a much, much worse uh, night for Hearts. You're right. It, it, it's it, you're right, Andy. But of course, Rangers did need to go and exploit it, and they did. There's been other times when when they, when they haven't done that. So you need to give them credit. And as Andy says, I mean, it literally could have been. I mean, honestly, it could have been six, seven, easy, and nobody would have. Nobody could argued with that. Uh, when you think of the chances that Rangers had, the, the offside decisions, no, were correct, but they were marginal, and even a couple of them. No, it was actually Rangers' own fault. 
in terms of like Morelos, a couple of them. No, I think the first one that he scored, he goes too early. It would have, it should have been easy just to hold his, you no, know, just to hold the line and no go offside. And then with Sakala's one, the second half, second half again, Morelos, he's a bit slow at getting back. Uh, no, getting back on side. If he just gets back a couple of yards, Sakala gets a gets another goal. So, I mean, it was a. You're right, Gav. It was by far the best performance of Michael Beale's reign so far. It's it was getting towards what I'm sure the manager sees in the future, or sees his Rangers team playing like in the in the future. And by that, I mean that kind of you no know, pressing high intensity, urgency, tempo, all the, all the same words. You know, that every manager wants his team. It hasn't been there really, despite a good run of results. Um, and that's now 11 unbeaten, 11 games, 10 wins, a draw. I mean, I was speaking to somebody this morning and we were actually saying, no, no, nobody's really made that much of that. But when you think about Rangers in the last few years, I would argue even when Michael Beale was there before under Steven Gerrard, the one thing, apart from the year they won the league, the one thing you felt they struggled with was to put long runs of, mm. of wins or long unbeaten runs together. Mm. Certainly that's what cost Van Bronckhorst his, his job because he couldn't get, domestically at least, they couldn't get that long run of wins or going unbeaten. And uh, to Beale's credit, he's come in at a difficult time. Um, he's kind of you know, reshaped the, the squad, if you like, gave them a different kind of impetus. And as I say, 11 games... 10 wins and a draw. I mean, you yeah. say, apart from that, if it's not for that late Kyogo goal at Ibrooks, he could be sitting there with 11 games, 11 wins, and, and back in the title race, which would have been phenomenal. That's the thing. I think I have asked you this before, Andy, and I think I think it was yourself uh, when we were talking on uh, the podcast, was to say that, you know, should, Rain, should the board have pulled the trigger earlier um, and they would maybe be in a title? There's no doubt in this form under Michael Beale, had the gap not been as big, there would have been a realistic title race. I mean, he's been left with too much to do. Do, do you think? Does, I mean, that, or do you still stand by the fact that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst deserved a bit more loyalty? Or do you just have to be ruthless in these situations? Because we all knew where it was heading. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, to be fair to Giovanni Bronckhorst, he'd done enough in his year in charge that he deserved a wee bit of grace. Okay, ended up you know, being costly. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, Michael Beale would have still come into a position where he was inheriting a squad that was, you know, absolutely on its knees in terms of injuries. Um, you know, if you think back to the the, the team that uh, Gio Van Bronckers had to put out in Paisley for that St Mirren game just before the World Cup, I mean, again, you're playing with sort of um, Lundstrom and, you know, James Sands at centre-back. Um you know, there, there wasn't much there to go with having to throw in Robbie Ewer in the last sort of five, ten minutes to try and rescue something. You know, it was a, uh, you know, Rangers were in a low point. They were struggling with, with just the number of bodies they had available. So, um, what is undoubtedly is, is allowed Michael Beale not just to get the results. I mean, he, he's, he's had that new manager bounce. That he's got a reaction to the players. I think the fact that a lot of the players know him and, and trust him and, Enjoyed working with them previously and will have helped. But, you know, just getting bodies back, I think, has, has been able to, you know, put a bit in the meat and the bones of the way he wants to play. And, you know, I, th- I think what will be encouraging is as much as, you know, Wednesday night was the most dynamic we've seen the team going forward, 
it's another clean sheet. That's three in a row. I mean, the early stages of rain when you know every game seemed to go into the 97th minute uh, before Rangers can be certainly their points. Um, you know, bit by bit, they, they've managed to cut out the sloppiness. They've got Ben Davies and Connor Goldson. I thought the two of them absolutely strolled the game the other night. Connor Goldson, that, that's probably his best display. Um, not just defensively, but you know the way he contributed to the attacking build-up, some of those sort of lofty wedge passes he was doing over uh, the back of the, the Hearts defence. Um, the fact they've got that settled pairing now, the back four's been pretty much settled the whole time that Michael Beale's been in. Um, that's given them that foundation to go on and, and start adding the, the wee flourishes at the, the top end of the pitch that we're now seeing. And that'll be the thing that encourages Michael Beale, that the fact that he's, he's now got a stable base. We saw what having a, a strong back four, a strong defence did for Rangers the year they won the title. They were obviously only conceded 13 goals that whole season that, and during the league campaign. You know, Michael Beale will know that whatever he's going to achieve as Rangers boss will have to be built on a solid back four. And so far, that that's uh, the, the signs are that that's coming back into, coming back into shape. Sorry, what I would say is mm-hmm. they've overcome you know, a few obstacles now since Michael Beals took over. I think he put Audrey away late on. Cup semi against Aberdeen, going to Tynecastle the other night. No, so there's been there's been a few tricky obstacles, and to their credit, they've overcome them. I do think, and this goes without saying, probably, but I mean the acid test for this team will obviously be going to Celtic Park in the next the next Old Firm game, and I know it's a while away yet, but the way the last two games have gone at Celtic Park, no, it just can't happen again for Rangers, and Bill will know that that. Um, he'll be pleased with the progress that they've made. I think he'll be pleased, as we've discussed, to you know, to bring in a couple of a couple of fresh faces. But in terms of the way they're going to play, and if this team, you no, know, mentally is ready to go and go and you no, know, kind of reclaim the title next season, if that's going to be the case, you no, know, they've got to put a marker down. I think in the next the next Old Firm game at Celtic Park, I mean, they can't. No, those last two games, Rangers effectively kind of you know, rolled over. Celtic ran all over the top of them. And he he watched the games. He's already spoke to us about it, how he, he couldn't believe it was watching. It was like two different teams to the one he'd left behind. Um, so they need to put some kind of marker down. That, that might not mean winning the game, but it has to be a completely different performance for what, we, what we've seen under Gio Van Bronckhorst for this team. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I think, I think to be honest, um, that Michael Beale. I, I wouldn't worry about that so much uh, in terms of when I look at Michael Beale and they didn't get them up for that kind of game. I think this run has exceeded expectations so much in terms of what he inherited and how well they've done. I think, that, I think you'll probably find somewhere along the road there'll be a game where you least expect it that maybe they'll just get a done. And maybe just a wee bit of a reality check because they've, they've performed so well yeah. and so consistently, as you say, it might be like a home game, you know. Yeah, you, you, might, you might be right, but, but they, they cannot go to Celtic Park and get beat 3 0. Oh. Do you know what I mean? I, mean, that, that just, I don't, I don't think they will. No, I don't, I don't think the, the way they're playing just now, you know, with you know, the kind of new setup, you know, that kind of renewed confidence. You know, you look at the way Kent's playing, also Morelos getting better by, by the week. You would like to think that, that that wouldn't happen, but what I'm saying is if they if that did happen, yeah. it would almost set them back. You no, know, yeah. in terms of the, the support and the supporters' eyes, you no, know, as I say, this run's been been brilliant. 
could barely have asked for any more from Bill. Yeah. But I don't really think they've been properly tested. No, I, I thought they would get a bigger test, obviously, the other night. And again, that's no taking anything away from the, the performance. It was it was fantastic. Um, but as I say, I know it's a while away and listen, things can change before the next Old Firm game. But they need to put some kind of marker that they need to give supporters the belief that next season won't be like this from the off. They will be in a title race. There'll be no silly points getting dropped. They'll be competitive in every old firm game because if you don't do that, then then have no chance. So I just think that game is going to be crucial, and that 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 will be the game where we really find out where this kind of Michael Beale team is. And in terms of the bigger picture, we know it's still the early stages of his kind of rebuild and where he eventually wants to get them. But in terms of putting a marker down for next season, I think that will tell us a lot. Andy, when we were talking about, uh, when Michael Beale was talking about um, transfer targets, um, just as the, as, the, as the window was closing, he said there's a number nine um, that he's going to go for who won't be available until the summer. I'm sure you heard him saying that. Yeah. Um, and he said that he wouldn't be uh, available until the summer. He's different to what they've got. He didn't want to say too much because he didn't want to alert other clubs. We we had just a stab at it this morning on the website. Just listed a few names. Like I know you'll be able to, you'll probably be able to rule some of them out. But did it get you scratching your head as to who it could be? Yeah, well, we certainly we did ask him the the. The daily, the daily newspaper oh. section that that interview. If it was uh, a Scottish one, um, so I don't know if you've got likes of Shankland or no, uh, Kevin no, Nisbet on your list. So you no. can, if you do, <laughs> you can score them off. He no, said I it, it, them off because of that. Yeah. So um, no, I mean the thing is now is that you're looking at the way Morelos is playing now, and mm -hmm. this team. If you remember back to when Stephen Gerrard was in, was in charge, he, he, they often relied upon Morelos. It was his goals. You don't mm -hmm. quite get the sense that this team now is so overly reliant on just one player. So whoever comes in will just be about embellishing what this team's already doing. So it'll be intriguing to see what type of striker he goes for. Will he want a, a Morelos type, somebody who, you know, his work outside the box is just as important as it, as it is inside. I mean, you look at Cholak, you know, had a fantastic start to the season with goals, but, you know, hasn't obviously injuries has hampered him, but you, you do kind of wonder if he's the type of player that would sort of fit into a Michael Beale team, you know, doesn't really contribute outside the, the sort of 18-yard box. I mean, you look at Sakala, you know, again, somebody who's given a sort of new lease of life, his ability to stretch defence, he's gone behind and... You know, obviously there's certain aspects of his game that are a wee bit raw, but even he seems to be a wee bit more polished than any other stage in his Rangers career since, since Michael Beale's come in. You know, he's skipping past players. He's, you know, the two finishes he produced for the offside goals were as calm and composed, I think, as I've seen him in an Rangers shirt. So I'd be interested to see what sort of type of striker he's got his, his eye on. He did say it was something a wee bit different to what he's already got. So you wonder, is it maybe going to be more of a sort of target man, somebody... We can deal with the more aerial stuff. Rangers don't really play like that, so you wonder if that's just another option he's looking to go to. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what he's going to he's going to come up with. Well, I'll rattle a few of these names off. Tell me if any of them appeal to you, or you think they could be realistic. Lyndon Dykes, Cameron Archer, Ross Stewart, Josh Madger, Ollie McBurney. Uh, I would say no. I would say no to Dykes. 
Um, because like Andy says, big target man, no aerial threat. I just I don't see that being part of kind of Michael Beale's mo as Rangers manager. So I would rule that out. Okay. Um, I'm still under I'm for ten million quid for Ross Stewart, so I don't think there's any chance yeah. of that happening. Yeah, but become, become the summary will only have a year left, won't he? So yeah, still okay. they'll still be waiting for a serious serious dome, won't they? So we'll rule him out, right? What is Madja the most realistic kind of guy that he could a bit like Cantwell? He could. Yeah, age. Somebody, I mean, he does fit the, the the profile of what Bill seems to be looking for. No young. Still room for development and progression mm -hmm. in his game. No, has maybe kind of lost his way a wee bit. Uh, I think I'm right in saying Rangers were interested in him before, weren't they? Like, I think Celtic certainly were. I don't know if, if Rangers were linked. Celtic were certainly heavily linked with him at one point when he was at Celtic. were linked to him when he was coming back for Bordeaux, I'm sure. Yeah, right, okay, but, okay. But in terms of the style, I, I agree with Andy. I mean, I said, I don't, this is just my personal opinion, but I, I do wonder whether Michael Beale looks at Alfredo Morelos and Antonio Cholak and thinks, are they really what I want from a centre-forward? And that's taken nothing away from their goal-scoring ability. Uh, this season, obviously, Cholak was on fire at the start of the season. Morelos has been really good the last last few games, kind of looking a bit more like his old self. But purely in terms of the style of play, I think ultimately Michael Beale, where he sees this Rangers team two or three years, I think it'll be a different type of centre forward. I think it'll be a guy who you know, presses teams high up, you know, plays with that intensity, closes defenders down, can run the channels, you know, as a real team player. Um, obviously, as a as an eye for goal, that goes without saying. Um, basically, a bit like what what a, what a fully fit and firing Kmart roof. Would give Rangers and you no, know, he speaks very highly of Roof, even though he's he's hardly kicked a ball. And I think that's the type of striker he sees as as Rangers number nine. But unfortunately for Rangers and Roof, they've just no, he, no, he's not been able to show that enough because of, because of injuries. Um, I mean, you mentioned one of the names you mentioned there was Cameron Archer. I mean, he he was probably the guy I thought of first when Beal made that comment, and it's probably. Mm -hmm probably nothing but you're just thinking a young guy as i said before with the kind of potential and the kind yeah. of room for growth he's obviously worked with him at villa before really highly regarded highly rated but probably unlikely to be a starter for aston villa yeah a couple of years he's on loan at middlesbrough just now he started pretty well i watched the highlights of their game last week and he seemed to play really well uh, beside the boy uh to back Paul up, up front, so I just wonder whether he might be somebody Bill's thinking about whether no have talks already taking place about you no know, the his availability come the summer would would he be able to get him on a year's loan? He's certainly very highly rated down there, and I think he would tick a lot of boxes for Rangers in terms of what he what he would offer. So yeah, probably him and Madger out of them might be the most likely, but. Who knows? It could be somebody for, for totally left field, but but I agree with Andy. I think in terms of the style, I don't see it being a big target man. I just don't mm -hmm. think that's where Rangers are going to play. I think Bill wants somebody who, as I say, is going to put a shift in, work for the team, you no know, close teams down, really kind of be the the focal point of that kind of 
that press and you know, Rangers playing high up. And I don't really think that's Morelos or Cholak's game. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, that pans out in the summer. Okay, just finally, uh, you said there, Alfredo Morelos looking, Morelos looking like being back to his old self, about, certainly in terms of his scoring. Was he back to his old self in terms of his controversial ways or did Neil McCann go over the top with his criticism of him when he, he called him an idiot for his celebration sliding over to the Hearts fans? And sh- You were there, Andy, yeah? Yeah. Um... yeah. But when he did it, I mean, did you did you think anything of it? Or... It's not what I thought it was a bit. It's a bit cheeky, but I mean, I don't think it was that. I mean, it's not as if he's run right into the crowd. It wasn't as if he was... You know, I, I tend to agree with Michael Beale. If you're going to start taking the right of players to celebrate away, then what are we left with? You know, the game, you know, the game has been sterilised an awful lot down the years. You know, we can barely see a tackle these days without somebody getting booked. It's been sterilised a lot more with that. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. With I mean, uh, Michael Beale spoke about this after the game in the press conference after the game. So with far. You do lose a wee bit of that, you know, spontaneous joy because as soon as you score, or obviously that one was ruled offside as well, so that, you know, you didn't get the chance to celebrate. So, you know, I think, you know, the game's it's, it's an entertainment business at the end of the day. And, you know, if we're going to, you know, okay, it was a wee bit cheeky, a wee bit not if you want to call it that, but, you know, it wasn't a few, it wasn't a fucking hand gestures, it wasn't, you know, never punched them, it wasn't doing an Eric Cantona. He ran 10 yards and slid on his knees. And if the Hearts fans can't take that, <laughs> that's for the Hearts fans to answer. I just think, you know, yeah, the Hearts fans, he get stick all night, he gave it a wee bit back to them. It's not as if he's, you know, he's not said anything controversial, he's not said anything over the score. You know, so what? Move on. Yeah, I, I, it didn't rail me at all. I don't, I don't see it. Why it would rail the Hearts support any more than what they'd be given him throughout the to match? To be so. fair, any Hearts fans that I've looked at, certainly social media comments, you know, I don't think they've seen that ball. I mean, Neil McCann has had a pop at Morelos a lot over the over the piece, hasn't he? Like over the years, if, you know, he's always had a wee go at him. Morelos has let himself down at times with his behaviour, with how he's conducting himself in mm-hmm. terms of being a professional. You know, I'm sure Michael Beale would be delighted to see him back looking fitter. Uh, and leaner than he's been at times all this season, but you know, there's no doubt that he should have been in a better condition long before now. Um, mm-hmm. Only Alfredo Morelos can explain why that's not happened. Um, you know, obviously, Gio Van Bronckhurst, you know, before that game against PSV, made his thoughts in the situation clear. So, um, there's no doubt that you know, Alfredo Morelos at times hasn't you know done himself any favours with his behaved, but I thought the other night, listen. Big deal. Move on. <laughs> right, okay. Move on and we'll move on. I'll let you get on. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks very much for joining us, both of you. Hopefully we'll catch up again next week. Thanks. Cheers, Gav.